Welcome to the Wasatch Report. This is episode number 69. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson joins me today as always. My co-host, producer, and amazing friend. Today we're going to discuss the Supreme Court rulings on the Biden mandates, both from the OSHA perspective as well as the mandate for healthcare workers. Before we get started, want to thank you for listening to us at Anchor FM. From there, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. You can support our show directly from the Anchor FM page. When you're there, please like, rate, share, support our show, tell your friends, drive some traffic our way. I'm telling you right now, I've been listening to the commentary on the Supreme Court decisions and nobody's going to cover it the way we are, folks. We have the time to really dig into the details and to give you a perspective that you're simply not going to find from the mainstream media outlets or even the podcasters from what I've heard so far and other internet radio shows. You can also support us directly by going to my website, SuzanneCSherman.com. There's a donate button on the homepage. You can also see my blogs. The overwhelming majority of the blogs are about preparedness. So if you want to learn about that, please check out my preparedness blogs. Also, my published articles, I have taken that page down for now because I'm going to combine them all and put that in an ebook format, which will be available on Kindle from Amazon. And I think that you'll be happy with the way we put this all out there. It's not going to be expensive and that'll be another way you can help support our efforts. I will be adding a chapter on the latest healthcare decisions as well, because that really does involve issues, not only of freedom and liberty and the, and the right to make your own medical decisions, but uh, really this is the quintessential case involving federalism as well. So we also have, again, a suggested reading page. You can help us out by purchasing some of the books on that page. That will take you to my Amazon affiliate link. You'll get some great reading material at no extra cost for you. Speaking of great reading material, the Lost Frontier Handbook is available in the printed form. If you go to lostfrontierhandbook.net and order your physical copy, you will also get many free bonus books uh, available in the ebook format. So please do check that out. Learn the ways of the pioneers. It is your ultimate guide to self-reliance. Also food sovereignty, very important aspect of self-reliance. I have a Harvest Right freeze dryer affiliate membership. If you're interested in getting into freeze drying food, give your food a shelf life of about 25 years please reach out to me and I can share with you what I've learned so far. We can get you set up and get your freeze dryer delivered right to your home. We are doing some Facebook live streams again, thanks to a generous donation from our friend Andy. Please go to facebook.com forward slash Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report radio show. Also, the Red Hot Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y prepper, We'll also be broadcasting from there, uh, from there, and you can also see some of our preparedness information on that page if you're interested in becoming more self-reliant. So, Jeff, yesterday was a pretty big day. People were waiting for their freedoms to be decided by nine politically connected lawyers in their wizard suits. What say you? When I saw that they had ruled, I immediately shot you off a message saying we need to get on and do something about this because it's current news and it's interesting. I've seen it described as a split decision, especially for you, Suzanne, in your boxing background. 
it's it is an interesting uh, uh, development, and I think that we need to uh, give it a little bit of our spin. You know, it's kind of funny when you mentioned boxing. One of the uh, things you want to hear in any of these combat sports is never leave it in the hands of the judges. <laughs> and here we are. That's exactly what we do. So we're going to just back up momentarily. A few shows ago, we did a episode addressing the Supreme Court refusal to block a New York regulation that requires healthcare workers to get the vaccine without any religious exemptions. The mandate was for healthcare workers, which went into effect in August. Now, this was really, in my opinion, a harbinger of things to come with, with regards to the healthcare workers case. We'll get into that later in the show. But this allowed only for medical exemptions and not religious exemptions. And the court turned away two applications from doctors and nurses in the state for injunctive relief, which allows religious exemptions. Now, Jeff, what I had said here was the Supreme Court was was correct in their decision, but not their reasoning. They were correct in their decision because, again, this is a New York state law. And according to the Constitution, as ratified, the Supreme Court has no jurisdiction over this. Of course, Justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and Neil Gorsuch dissented. Remember my outrage, Jeff, when Neil Gorsuch stood up during his nomination acceptance speech when he said it is the right, it is the, I should say, job of the Supreme Court to defend liberties across the nation. That is pure incorporationist drivel. And this is also an example of why the federal government has so much power. Here's what Gorsuch wrote. We do this even though the state's executive decree clearly interferes with the free exercise of religion and so and does so seemingly based on nothing more than fear and anger at those who harbor unpopular religious beliefs. We allow the state to insist on the dismissal of thousands of medical workers, the very same individuals New York has depended on and praised for their service to the pandemic's front lines over the past 21 months. To add insult to injury, we allow the state to deny these individuals unemployment benefits too. One can only hope today's ruling will not be the final chapter in this grim story. Well, as we're seeing, it isn't. But you know what, Jeff, did you did the language of his opinion and his writing stand out to you? To me, he kept saying, we allow. We allow. It is up to these nine unelected, unaccountable lawyers to determine what they will allow within the states. It's my understanding that the state of New York does have a constitution that predates the federal constitution. And I'm assuming that it also has a clause pertaining to religious freedom. That is the constitution that should be taken into consideration, not the United States constitution. Jeff, did you want to mention anything else about that? I know you love to mention the other preamble and you always have something good to say about that. You know, we do harp on the other preamble, the one that where these are restrictions on the federal government only with, within the constitution. And, and quite honestly, it really does go back down to Article 1, Section 8, where the delegated powers are. Controlling states' labor force is not granted to the federal government anywhere in the uh, Article 1, Section 8. So really what it comes down to, the states are, by the 10th Amendment, uh, in charge of dealing with that. You know, and we see many of these cases that have established federal authority in these areas over which they were never delegated in the first place came from the 1930s era and the New Deal court. 
and thanks to uh, justices back in that era. And this is, we're going to get into later, misapplications, misinterpretations of the Commerce Clause. You know, we had the NLRB that came about uh, in that era, and that was the National Labor Relations Board. Please tell me the constitutional authority for that doesn't exist, as we've discussed before. The Supreme Court originally was doing its job when the New Deal legislations were being handed out by saying they were unconstitutional. Once FDR threatened to pack the court, they called it the switch in time that saved nine, and they effectively became a rubber stamp for these collective progressive New Deal policies. So now let's turn our heads to the mandates that were ruled upon the other day. We said, Jeff, when we did our last show on the New York state mandate, that we had a couple of opinions coming down from the Biden administration mandate. So because those are coming forth from the executive office, from the general government, they are properly before the Supreme Court. Let's, however, see if their analysis and how they came down with these rulings have anything to do with limitations on the federal judiciary and the federal government in particular, or is it because they're advocating for a certain policy stance? I bet we know which one it's going to be. So let's go ahead and look at one of these articles here. This one was from Fox, and every every one of these pages is covering it. So, But the Supreme Court on Thursday, they issued mixed rulings, they say, in a pair of cases challenging the administration's mandate allowing the requirement for certain healthcare workers. We're going to find out which healthcare workers and what is the nexus between the requirement and the authority for these vaccines. So this can go into effect while they block the enforcement of a mandate for businesses with 100 or more employees. So the OSHA ruling took effect on Monday, and that said that businesses with at least 100 employees needed to require workers to get vaccinated or to get tested weekly and wear a mask. Jeff, I think a lot of people are even having to pay for their tests on out of their own pocket. Is that correct? I have no idea about that. Just about everyone I know, including myself, uh, we are not paying for it. The employer is paying for them at this point. I, I won't say that that's <laughs> going to continue, but at this point. Yeah, one thing we're seeing too is is calls for unvaccinated employees to have surcharges on their insurance and so on and so forth. So they're finding other ways. But again, that's beyond the scope of the Biden mandate. So here's what the court says. Although COVID-19 is a risk that occurs in many workplaces, it is not an occupational hazard in most. COVID-19 can and does spread at home in schools, during sporting events, and everywhere else that people gather. That kind of universal risk is no different from the day-to-day dangers that all face from crime, air pollution, or number of communicable diseases. Quick tangent here. Crime, air pollution. It's almost as if they're saying We don't have the authority to regulate risks in these areas either, yet we have the crime bill, we have the Controlled Substances Act, and a huge plethora of criminal statutes under the federal law, as well as pollution, the Clean Air Act. So what they're really saying here is that OSHA has the authority to regulate health safety, but not broader safety standards. So for these reasons, they say the OSHA mandate would significantly expand the agency's authority beyond the limits Congress set. Now, Jeff, for any of these cases, the threshold 
inquiry should be, does the federal government have the right to impose these requirements? Now, what's important to consider with regards to the reasoning behind this opinion is they are not questioning the constitutional legitimacy of the existence of OSHA in the first place. Rather, the court ruled that OSHA lacked the authority. Remember, its existence is a given. They say it lacked the authority to impose such a mandate because the law that created OSHA empowers the secretary to set workplace safety standards, not broad public health measures. So this is what's interesting to me. I think I've discussed this before, Jeff, when Mike Lee was speaking before the Senate. Mike Lee, if you don't know, is the uh, one of the two senators from my state here in Utah, who was saying that the Biden administration's mandate has neither constitutional nor statutory authority to be imposed on the public. And I thought his use of the word or as opposed to and was really illustrative of the fact that Congress and lawyers and the public will take a federal statute as a means by which federal agencies can legitimately come into interest or other policies. Let me give you a case in point, Jeff. We've talked about this one before. Gonzalez v. Rach was the case in California where California had voted, the the people in California had said, we want medical marijuana to be legal in our state. You can grow your own and you can consume your own if you have a medical reason. As we know, California has further defied federal law by making recreational use of marijuana legal as well, as have, I think we're up to about 36 states right now. But in that case, the sheriff stood by while DEA agents went into this woman's home and took her plants away from her, rendering her subject to excruciating pain from her physical disease. This case ended up going to the Supreme Court, at which time Justice Antonin Scalia, the patron saint of conservatism, held that this behavior on the part of the federal government was okay because this action was part of, was in the furtherance of an established government program or statute, meaning the Controlled Substances Act. So what they're doing is taking an unconstitutional statute and justifying this behavior. And that's exactly what they're doing here as well. OSHA exists, but this is the only amount of power that they have. We're going to limit it. Now, let's say that they decided to go ahead and uphold this. We're just two justices, two lawyers, two lawyers from having 80 million Americans subject to this mandate. And that was the justification for this mandate. This is going to bring 80 million, over 80 million Americans into our net that we are casting. So they must have this shot. So again, what they should have said was there's no constitutional authority to OSHA, but you know, Jeff, they're never going to scale back the the size of government or their power on this. I totally agree. I've said it a number of times. I've posted a number of times. Here we are. You're going to government to beg government to stop government from doing what government does. And, you know, really, it's an absurd notion that you have to beg government to stop government. And majority of the times, they don't. In this case, they kind of sort of did, and they kind of sort of didn't. To me, this is this is conservatives cheering on a victory 
that is every bit as shallow. And to me, it shows that this could eventually evolve into something worse. Let me give two examples. Heller, that was the case where Antonin Scalia, again, this was cheered on by conservatives and gun rights advocates, said that the Second Amendment protects handguns and in a manner that is unconnected with service in the militia. This was hailed as a victory. As I said in my analysis of that case, it left the door open for assault rifle bans, which we have seen subsequent to that with proposed bans justified by Heller saying, well, the Second Amendment only protects handguns, therefore we can we can uh, ban these assault rifles. These are all cases I have discussed in, in my book that I'm going to put out and in the other articles that were published before. The other thing is they cheered even further when they said, well, the feds are now going to get involved in local gun regulations. And as we've seen, Jeff, we just covered a case with the Diesel Brothers bringing in where private citizens or charitable or, or uh, environmental agencies, action agencies can sue a company to enforce the Clean Air Act. This is what we can see again for look at gun manufacturers. We talked about Remington Arms before and for local gun shops, um, maybe, you know, gun clubs, that sort of thing as violative of public health. So we're going to take a quick break for our friends at Anchor FM, and then we will talk about the ruling on the healthcare workers. We'll be right back. back, everybody. On the first segment of the show, we were talking about the Biden administration's OSHA regulations with regards to companies of 100 or more employees. Now we're going to look at Biden versus Missouri, where the court ruled that health and human services, again, Jeff, you want to look under Article 1, Section 8 for the constitutional authority for this agency to exist. Their secretary, Javier Becerra, they ruled he did have the authority to require all healthcare workers at institutions that receive Medicare and Medicaid funding to get the jab unless they get medical or religious exemptions. Now, we already saw how the Supreme Court refused to rule, as we said earlier, on the New York religious exemption require or request. And we had uh, Amy Coney Barrett weigh in against that freedom as well. But like we said, the Supreme Court shouldn't have even been ruling on that case in the first place. To be intellectually consistent, you have to agree there might be outcomes that you do not care for, but federalism is ultimately the way that states will eventually get their powers back that they have given to the federal government, as well as having freedom at a local level here. 
So multiple states argue that HHS did not have the scope to issue such a mandate, and the court noted that healthcare facilities that wish to participate in Medicare and Medicaid have always been obligated to satisfy a host of conditions that address the safe and effective provision of health care, not simply sound accounting. Jeff, this is how they get everybody. If you want to participate in these programs, you must do as they say. One of the examples I have given was a school district out here in Utah that said, we are not going to participate in Common Core. The Fed said, fine, you are not getting federal money. Now, in justifying their reluctance to participate in Common Core and use that curriculum, they said, we want our children to get the best education possible. That is absolutely valid. But when the Feds decided to cut the purse strings, they backed off and said, no, we have to stay in the federal program because the education of our children is tantamount. Well, wait a minute. By being in the federal education system here and being subject to the requirements, they already admitted that was against the best interests of the children's education. Follow the money. This is how the states have subverted sovereignty by getting involved in these federal funding programs, and then they don't have the right to make their own decisions at a local level. You lie down with dogs, you get fleas. What say you, Jeff? It it all comes down to the money. And the federal government uses that money as a a guillotine over the heads of the states. And the states uh, see that uh, coming at them and they back down every time because they want that money. It's all about power money. Uh, I've said that a number of times about the federal government. When it really comes down to it, it, your state and your local is not much different. Most of the people that run there, they like to have the power. They're They're a big fish in that little pond. And so it really does come down to... Do we want have these guys ruling us, or are we free? And we all, and you and I t- are in total agreement. We talk, we've talked a number of times about personal secession and getting your kids out of these government schools, and that's the that is the solution. Get your kids back at home, homeschool them, and they will be better adjusted and better educated for their future. And who's to say what's safe and effective when it comes to healthcare provisions? Turning our discussion back to healthcare. So we have, we've already seen the results of federal bureaucrats managing this pandemic. And we're going back to masks. If masks had worked, I mean, back in Summit County, we're back under a mask mandate. If they had worked in the first place, we wouldn't be still talking about this two years out. But why is it assumed that Local hospitals, local communities cannot decide what is safe and effective. And what we see here right now is it seems like all of them are on board with these requirements. But now that some of the people that have been pushing this all along and going along with it, well, well, wait, I don't want that done to me, (laughs) um, are complaining. It's hard to feel sorry for those that are caught up in this net, but that's beyond the scope of our discussion here again. We are only advocating that you should have the right to make your own medical decisions at a local level, on an individual level, as the highest level of sovereignty and freedom. And then other policies can be implemented. Again, it gets you into what is the proper scope of government? What is the proper role of their powers? And Jeff, we talk about life 
liberty or light our life, our liberties and our property. But this is where government itself gets dicey. When you talk about the proper role of something that can take over like we've seen it has, well, they can justify this by saying we are protecting your life. By keeping you healthy, by keeping you safe, we're also keeping you free. This is their argument that it is their job to keep you alive by making these health decisions for you or by keeping other people alive by keeping them safe from what they feel are your bad decisions. This is a very, very slippery slope. Also, two of these cases, these cases were were decided 6-3 with regards to the OSHA case where we had the ones that we expected. It was a Bayer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. But what's scary here is the religious mandate was a 5-4 decision where we had Roberts and good old Brett Kavanaugh siding with the pro-vaccine mandate contingency. Folks, we are one to two lawyers away from having vaccine mandates be the Obergefell or Roe law of the land. That's what happens. These decisions are considered law. They are considered applicable to everybody across this continental landmass. That is what is so disturbing about these one to two lawyers away. That should be very frightening. Go ahead, Jeff. Yes. Well, we have gone to a point where the courts make law. Instead of ruling on whether a statute or a law that Congress has passed and the president has signed is whether it is constitutional under the strict requirements of Article 1, Section 8, which is not where they go to decide this. They go to decide this through whatever policy means or whatever they decide it to mean, not in the strict uh, construction of the Constitution. So now we have these uh, nine politically appointed lawyers in their black uh, costumes uh, ruling law for everyone, regardless of what whether or not it's even in the Constitution. It's It's immaterial. It's what they decide, and you have to live with it. We're going to take a quick break for our musical sponsors, Roxanne, who, by the way, will be playing in Las Vegas in February. So be sure to check that out. We'll be right back. They poisoned your mind and left you behind. I told you the tables would turn. Now don't look to me for sympathy, because baby, that bridge has been burned. Don't try to explain the dead and the pain. Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com.
you walk away Pretending things will be okay All right, everybody, as we wrap up the show, just want to remind you, thank you so much for listening to us here at the Wasatch Report. I want to thank you for supporting us over at Anchor FM. And now I want to just talk about where, where do we go from here? As we mentioned, as we wrapped up the last segment, we're two lawyers away from having vaccine mandates, mandatory vaccinations be, becoming required as the law of the land. I do not think they're going to end this here. We'll see what happens. But this is the problem when the Supreme Court victory, some a decision that's hailed as a victory that never addressed the fundamental threshold inquiry of do these agencies, does this power legitimately rest with the federal government in the first place? Those questions have never been answered. The federal government thinks they have a right to know and control everything in your life. When I first started doing these shows, I talked about the American Community Survey. That comes to your home from the Census Bureau. You are told under some federal statute that you are required to answer every question. The survey is about 18 pages long, and they ask some very personal questions as to how you run your home and who has stayed in your home for more than two days. That's a weekend, folks. Look that up. From there, their justification is we need to see what your local community needs. Do you need better roads? Do you need improvements on your school? Do you need better healthcare outreach? One of the questions they ask you is, can you dress yourself? Can you, are you sleeping well at night? They never ask about guns, which is very, um, an ominous omission there because some of the other questions lead you to it. And you, you have to ask yourself if they're getting this personal on so many other areas, why would they not ask that unless they're trying to hide something and trying to get people not to recognize this? States, you must opt out of these Medicare programs. If your state won't do it, come up with a business of your own. Get medical professionals on your own that I'm sorry to say will not participate in these government programs, but will give you a reasonable price on medical procedures beyond the insurance or government-controlled insurance industry. Jeff, remember there was a surgical center in Oklahoma. Our good friend Mark used to talk about that. You go in there, you get diagnosed, you want you want a, a, a knee replacement surgery or anything else, you go in there, they give you the price and you pay. One of the reasons a medical procedure costs the hundreds of thousands of dollars now in hospitals is because the government agencies are funding that. And if you don't believe me, look what has happened to student tuition thanks to the government takeover of student loans. The federal government has taken over everything. Hey, you want to get a student loan? Let's see your vaccine, your proof of vaccination. There is nothing they can't tie this to. So personal secession, try to get your kids, again, out of the public school system, prevent the need as much as you can from having to participate in this medical industrial complex. John Taylor of Caroline had the admonition, beware of the unholy alliance of government and finance. Well, that prognostication sure came true. Beware of the unholy alliance of government and medical care, government and the media, government and the education industry. I cannot come up with an example of any of this turning out for the better. Can you, Jeff? I absolutely can't. 
And it, one of the questions I came up with and I had asked on Facebook, and I know others have asked it as well. So it's not something that's exclusively mine. But what if they had ruled that the 100 employees and more companies had to do the mandate? What then? What were we going to do? Were you going to oh, disobey or you're going to be forced to obey? So what then? What do we do when we have this nine lawyers deciding everything about our life, about our health care, about everything we do? What do we do? The other problem is, too, the propaganda has been so complete and so effective coming down from the federal government, coming down from the tech giants and everybody who has just made astronomical amounts of money the past two years as a result of this, even notwithstanding this mandate being overturned, at least the one concerning OSHA, there's nothing to stop companies now that the, that their their leaders or their owners have been brainwashed into thinking that this is the way to run their business and to keep this problem from from getting worse. So there's nothing to say that regardless of the of the mandate, they're simply going to require in and of itself, you know, regardless of what Joe Biden says. And that's what's scary. Go ahead. Well, also, you have to remember, there are hundreds, if not thousands of corporations and companies out there that have government contracts. So what are they going to do? The government says you have to require mandates or there goes your contract. Exactly. Again, again, it comes down to what are you going to do? What do we do? Yeah. If you want to work with us, you have to do what they say. If you want this grant, you have to do what we say. This is the problem. And it was interesting because for uh, getting ready for another uh, related podcast, I'm I'm not going to name them, but there were two very prominent uh, members of the Libertarian Party, and uh, both of whom call themselves anarchists. But one even was talking when they were mentioning uh, the mandates. They said, well, you know, I, I could see maybe the government having this power if this disease was maybe not had a 90% death rate. No, this isn't a, this isn't relativism here, folks. They either have the authority or they don't. And I submit to you, if there was a disease going around right now that had a 90% death rate, people would self-regulate. I will tell you right now, Jeff, if I risk getting a disease that had a 90% chance of killing me, I'm not going to, to the gym. I'm not, I'm not, I'm staying I'll, right inside these walls. Yeah. I ain't when, going anywhere. Yeah, when they release smallpox or whatever else is coming down the pike, guess what? I'm ready to stay here indefinitely where I am. I saw this coming and I am ready. So how can everybody else get ready? Well, once again, try and find alternative sources of healthcare. Try to find alternative sources of employment. As we see, and we've seen it here in the state of Utah, I don't know about in Pennsylvania, but once the requirements were lifted, some places still required masks. Some places still during the uh, state of emergency when masks were required, refused to allow for medical exemptions, which was part of the law. They said, Harmon's, Harmon's grocery store. I will never set foot in that place again. They said, we don't care about the exemptions. If you're not wearing a mask, you're not allowed in here. I hope they go under. Where does that leave us? I had a constitutional law final question on on my final exam. It actually concerned vaccination requirements. Jeff, how cool is that? And I've never brought this up before. I got a perfect score on my answer. I would fail that test today (laughs) based on what I know. But 
one of the articles I wrote was called The Problem with Lawyers and the Constitution. And in the book that's going to come out, I'm going to uh, have that early on. So you can take that and focus your analysis now when we have these cases on why do the pundits, why do the law school professors come up with this? Well, here was the case on the on the exam. And I won't go too far into this, but the hypothetical was there is a highly contagious, highly deadly disease, a pandemic affecting many, killing millions, so on and so forth. Does the government have the right to force people to get vaccinated against their will? So, of course, I weighed the interests of the state, the interests of society, never included the interest of the individual, except for the fact that with such a deadly disease, clearly the federal government has the right to require this, blah, 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 blah. It was essentially a pile of crap in a blue book, but I got a perfect score. That is the framework within future judges, legislatures, members of the court of public opinion who are driving this in the media, that's the parameters in which they are educated. We have to find a way to get people out of this mindset. And you can do that by listening to shows like this one. We had some great comments last night, one from our good friend, Dave Benner, who said when we announced that we were recording this show, that we're the only ones he trusts to actually get this one right. So we hope in our discussion that we've just had right now that you um, that you all agree and that we did a good job and that you can trust our opinion here. Again, we really are questioning the fact that the court missed the threshold inquiry. Does the federal government have this authority? It was never addressed. And until this is addressed, folks, this is going to keep getting worse. I want to thank you for listening. This has been the Wasatch Report. I'm Suzanne Sherman and Jeff Johnson. We'd like to thank you for listening. 